and welcome to Reread, Rewrite, Recommend, a podcast by Muskingum County Library where we talk a little about libraries and a lot about books. My name's Sarah. I'm an outreach assistant here at Muskingum County Library System, and I'm never alone because that would be a long and rambling and awkward podcast. I'm always joined by a guest, and this month I am joined by Sherry Nicholas. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you, Sarah. Yeah, I feel like the last few people I've asked to be on has been really last minute. (laughs) And I'm always very grateful when people say yes. (laughs) Well, I'm nervous, but okay, we'll do it. It'll be great. My, My resolution for this year is to like have guests booked out further in advance. <laughs> make like a, a spreadsheet or something. To make people out of their comfort zone is the good thing. Exactly. We're, we're learning. We're doing new things. Yes. Yeah. So I didn't ask you before we started because we just kind of jumped in. But what is your title here? Customer Service Assistant 2. And I work in the technical services department. I didn't realize those were technically customer service positions back there. Yes. Yeah. I just consider you and your crew to be tech services. Yes. Yeah. So I think we'll start with talking a little bit about what tech services is. Because I feel like when you say tech services, you think of the IT department. You don't necessarily think about what it is you guys do. So what is it that you guys do in the tech services department? Order things, put items in the system, do the budgets, put the easy readers in the system, the YA, um, the adults, all the DVDs, put everything in the system. I personally, I um, put magazines in the system, newspapers in the system. I send the branches, uh, weeding lists. I delete lots of books. I mend books. Yeah, that's a lot of different things. I uh, generate the um, weeding list, the arrived holds list. I help with the mail if um, the office assistant isn't here to do the mail. So I kind of am all over the place. I feel like you're always walking past my office door to answer <laughs> the mail coming in. Yes, and answer the door. Yeah. So always a ton of deliveries coming in. And I've worked back in tech services now for five years, and I've worked in uh, the circulation department for 21 years. Oh, wow. I knew you'd been here for a while, and I was going to ask how long it was. 21 years. 21 years. So how has the library changed in those 21 years, would you say? It's amazing. I think it's all changed for the best. It's the technology and the people, and it's just it's been a good thing. Yeah, glad to hear that. So one of the things I walk through, my office is very close to tech services, so I'm I'm walking through and past you guys all the time. And one of the things I always notice you doing is like wrapping books, like getting them ready for circulation. I feel like people think when books come into the library, they can just go straight onto the shelves. And that's not the case at all. So how do you guys prepare a book to get ready or a DVD or a magazine? How do you get it ready to go out? First, they come, they come in and they're unboxed and, and Sherry, um, she will unbox them. And then she will put what she puts in the system, her part of it, to take them off of that she's ordered them. And then they'll go over either to Denise or Carla and then they enter them into the system. And when they enter them into the system, then they get a spine label and a barcode. 
and then once they get a spine label or and a barcode, then they get um, covered either by a plastic a plastic cover or the stick cover that sticks oh, right yeah. to the book contact paper mm-hmm. is the contact paper hard to work with um it's sometimes hard to get the bubbles out and we mm-hmm. have a street that we rub over it and it gets it out and so the bubbles sometimes is hard to to get out but it works it's good <laughs> just an aside i personally started uh reading tarot cards and people will modify their decks and one of the things they'll do to try to make them last longer is to, like, do contact paper. Yes. I think that sounds awful. Right. <laughs> I don't think I ever want to try to contact paper an entire 78-card deck of cards. No. And we also put an orange sticker on it at the top of it if it's a new book. That way people can tell that it's a new book. And so It's probably also easier for people shelving to know it goes downstairs with the new instead of upstairs yes. With, yes. The, with the fiction. You guys don't just add books and DVDs and everything to the catalog. There's been like a trend in libraries where we've started circulating things like ukuleles and sewing machines and all sorts of stuff. Yes. What's the weirdest thing that you've seen added to the catalog, do you think? Bike locks has been, but I do there again think it's a good thing so people's Mm -hmm. bikes aren't stolen. Um, There again, the telescope. Oh, yeah, the telescopes. Trying to think of. What else we have? The games. We have a lot of uh, board games and stuff, oh, yeah. which which is good. Do you have to like create new designations in the catalog for those? Yes, there's new codes. The codes is created by Joe and Christy, mm-hmm. and then once they're created, then they're entered into the system. So yes, it's really cool. I feel like you guys have all of these different applications within the library system that I have no idea how to work. Right. Like, I can place a hold, but <laughs> that's about Yeah. It. They do a good job. They do. It's, it's kind of what keeps us running. Right. Like, without the cataloging of these things, no one would know where anything is. Right. Which defeats the purpose. Yes, because it makes it easier to find when you're looking for, for things. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's easier to see if something's missing, which is important. Like, all sorts of they stuff. We also have a Dobbs Arboretum Pass, that that was kind of different, and I think that's that's a good thing, too, to help people since they charge to go there now. I I should check that out. I have not been there. I've heard it's really pretty. So one of the things that I see you doing a lot is discards. I think when I look today, you're like three cards deep in discards right now. About how many discards would you say you go through a month? It depends upon how much I work on it and and what um, what else I have to do. But thirty five hundred to four thousand a month. That's that's so much. Yes, that's a lot of of books to take out of the system. It is. They have a list of uh, criterias that has to pass in order for it to be deleted mm-hmm. from the system. You know how many times it's searched, whether it's worn, things like that. How many copies of that we have. Mm-hmm. And then it will come back, and then it depends upon the shape of the item and whether I put it on the shelf and it goes to the friend's bookstore. If it's in really good shape, then I'll put it on the shelves, and then it goes to the friend's. If not, it's donated to Goodwill. Mm -hmm. 
I know a lot of them end up um, getting recycled, which is yes. if very it's in, good. If it's, if in, it's in real bad yeah, condition. Yeah, if it's in really terrible, terrible um, shape with smell or stuff spilled on it or whatnot, then I'll just put it in the trash. Yeah. I know that there's been a couple like cat pee books that have come and those obviously automatically get discarded. We're not yes. going to circulate or, those. Uh, mold and mildew on them and stuff like that yes yep the water damage yes sometimes i i feel like in my apartment like i don't have water because i live in the third floor i have water obviously (laughs) 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 like i don't have a flooding issue because it's the third floor but sometimes just the humidity will like warp a book it's yes it does it does So is there a part about working in tech services that you would think would surprise people? Like, is there a part of your job that you would tell someone that you do that they would be like, we didn't know the library has to do that? Just that we are so busy and the vast amount of books and DVDs and books on CDs that pass through our department Mm -hmm. because we touch everything. Yeah, every single thing. Everything that comes through the library comes through our department. Some of the things even get like repackaged. Like you guys have to repackage the CDs and the DVDs and everything like that. Yes, and in different cases, in cases that lock because mm-hmm. some of them come, some things come. The cases aren't locked. The games and stuff are re, you know, redone. And so yes, yeah. if the DVDs come in more than one case, like three or four cases, we might want to try to put them in two cases instead of just to make them easier for the customers to look at and to find. We just recently put TV uh, series on all of our DVDs, so it makes it easier to find. So we went to all the branches and did that. And then we also did it here at Maine just to make it easier. That was a huge shifting process. Yes. Yeah. If you haven't been into the library in the last, I would say, month or so, listener, you should definitely come in. There is a lot more space for DVDs now. They ended up shifting all of the audiobooks onto the end of the nonfiction section. And there's an entire new section for uh, television series. And it looks really nice. <laughs> Didn't realize we had so many series until we started doing them. There, There is a lot of series. There is. And it's really nice just to be able to go and look yes, through them. Yes. Because if you're in the mood for a television series, that's different than being in the mood just for a movie. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All right. So I like to end the interview sections by asking this, everyone the exact same question. And that question is, what is your favorite part of your job? And what is your least favorite part of your job? Favorite part of my job is that I love my job. I love what I do. I mm-hmm. love coming in every day. Books, DVDs, internet, people, customers, my coworkers. I just love my job. Yeah, it is a really fun job. Yes, I couldn't have asked for a better job. (laughs) You must have liked it. You've stuck with it for over 20 years. Yes, I love it. What I dislike about my job. I don't... There's there's nothing? No, I like what I do. I I was born for this. (laughs) (laughs) I love that for you. Yes, I... I have no complaints. It just... My complaint, just to give you an idea, my complaint is phone calls. I hate answering the phone. <laughs> oh, not me. Not me. I, it doesn't bother me. I mean, customers doesn't bother me no matter what. I treat everybody the same and yeah. I, I don't have any problems whatsoever with what I do. Do you have any annoying paperwork that you have to do? Have to do? 
no, because I'm the type of person, I'm not a procrastinator whatsoever. And so when I know I have to do something, whether I want to do it or not, it's mm-hmm. chop, chop, and get it done, you know, and let's yeah. move on. It's like I worked on my evaluation yesterday. I heard this, you guys talking about that. And yeah. it's like, Carla's like, well, it's not due until March. I said, yeah, but I want to get this done. I haven't looked at mine. Mine's also, I have an evaluation the first half of the year. Mine's also due on March 3rd. I have not looked at it. <laughs> Thing is, is there again, is to evaluate myself. It's hard. I don't talk good about myself. I just do what I can do and what I know how to do and when I know how to do it. And I just... Mm-hmm. I think I do a good job, and yeah. I feel like if I'm not doing a good job, just tell me, and I'll change it. Right. I don't know how big can I talk about myself without it being like, we see what you do. You don't do that much. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I'm here. <laughs> so I don't know. All right. So now we, I guess we will go ahead and move on to talking about the books that we are going to reread and rewrite and recommend. For me, all of these books are things that I read for the Staff Winter Reading Challenge because I haven't been reading a lot. So I was like, here's a group of books already pre-selected for me. So that's good. I picked from there. Did you have any sort of theme or thought process when you were picking books? No, it's just books I've read. And it's hard for me to recommend specific books because I'm more of an author person. And when I see that a, a new book is coming out by that author, then of course, then I have to put it on hold because no, I have to read it. <laughs> I get excited. I'm like a little kid in a candy store when it comes to new books. Yeah, and you see them first because they're, they're coming through tech services. <laughs> well, and I look on Fantastic Fiction and I see when new books is coming out. And then I get me a list of, oh, this one has a new book coming yeah. out and this one has a So, yeah, that's the only reason I have a Twitter. <laughs> so so they can, can follow author accounts. Yeah. You know when things are coming out. I have actually emailed uh, authors before and asked if a new book wasn't coming out. Okay, so when do you have a new book coming out on the series? Because right. <laughs> I wanted to know. Couldn't find it on your website. So right. I'm reaching out directly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I will defer to you. What did you bring for reread today? Right now, I'm actually rereading Magic Hour by Kristen Hanna. Oh. It's a really good book. Nice. I've read, oh crap, what have I read by Kristen Hanna? Night Road? Is that one of hers? Yes. I think I read that for a book club several years ago and I liked it, but I don't think I've read anything else by her. She has some really good books. She also wrote this, The Four Winds, that Mm. people are reading right now that's really good. And um, I really like that one too. I've had uh, several people on Outreach request that one. It just came out, what, last year? Yes. Yeah. So what's Magic Hour about? It's about a psychiatrist who lost her job because of a child that died. And her sister is a police officer in another town where they grew up. And they find a little girl that is in a tree, and they call her a wolf child. She was actually Hmm. brought up by wolves. Oh, interesting. And so they capture this little girl and are trying to find out who her parents are and trying to teach her everything because she doesn't know anything. So it's really good. That sounds really interesting. Yeah, it's a really good book. Like, how old was she? Um, They haven't discovered yet how old she is. She's thinking she's like five or six. Okay. So she's, you know, she's a little girl. But she doesn't know anything, and they, you know, they oh. they are teaching her how to read and how to talk mm-hmm. because she didn't know how to talk, how to use the restroom, to dress herself, 
everything because she doesn't know anything. That's crazy. It sounds really interesting. Yes. I have to pick that up. It, it is. It's a really, it's a really good book. Yeah, she does. Chris and Hannah does more like like contemporary fiction. Mm-hmm. Does that? Yeah. Yes. And that's what I really like to read. Mm-hmm. I remember you talking about like contemporary fiction. I guess I'm not a historical. I don't really like to read them, and so I like now current times. Yeah. I know a little bit about like linguistic stuff and feral children just because I took a linguistics course in college. And I think this is only tangentially related, but I think it's really interesting how children absorb language and learn language. And like once they hit like 10 or 11, they just don't do that anymore. Right. Like there's been feral children that have been found who are like in their teens and you can talk to them all day and they're just not going to get language the same way a younger child would. Little kids learn so fast and what they learn and what they know. and Mm -hmm. They're just little sponges. Yes, they are. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Is there anything else that you wanted to say about Magic Hour? Just that I recommend to read it, and it's a really good book. Yeah, it sounds really good. (laughs) She has, uh, Kristen Hannah has several books that is really good, so I would Mm -hmm. just recommend her as an author. Yeah, just in general. Yes. Do you reread her often, or do you reread often? No, I don't reread often, and the reason I don't is because I read so many authors. There's Mm -hmm. just not one I read, so. Yeah. What made you pick this one up again? Well, you asked me to do this, and (laughs) I was like, okay, what books would I reread? It's my fault. Yes, it's your fault. (laughs) And so I remembered that I read it and that I liked it, and then I started looking at it again. I'm like, hmm, this is really good. I need to redo (laughs) this again. That's awesome. Yeah, some people just don't reread. I I just, I I have so many authors, you know, I don't narrow it down to one. And I've recently started reading a couple other ones that I have, authors that I haven't read. So then they have a lot of books out. And so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like when I reread, it's mostly for series. If you find a series and the series isn't complete yet, and you read that one, and then there's like years, you have to reread it to go back. I, I read a lot of series books, too. Brenda Novak, she has um, a couple of series out that I've read, and I really like her. Robin Carr, mm-hmm. Ray Ann Thane, Emily March. I mean, yeah. I, I love the series books because you really get to know the people and who's exactly. in it. And, you know, their quirks. and so <laughs> It's fun. It is really fun. Right. So for my reread, the main reason I chose this is because it's the first in a series. Book two comes out either sometime this year or next year. I'm not sure. It's not announced yet. So I'm going to have to reread it <laughs> before I go to book two. And that is The Witch Haven. It's by Sasha Peyton Smith. So this one, it's a historical. It follows this girl. Her name is Frances. She's 17. And she is a seamstress. She's living in New York in 1911. And her brother was murdered a couple months Ooh. ago. And she's just having a really rough time. Her mother is in an asylum. And so she lives like in this sweatshop-like condition in New York, making clothes. So she's there late one night finishing up this coat. And um, her boss tries to like attack her. Oh, no. And all of a sudden, like this pair of sewing shears, like 
comes and like smacks him in the neck and turns out she has magic. <laughs> um, <laughs> I need she, that. <laughs> and she just killed her boss. So, <laughs> Not that. <laughs> <laughs> so she thinks she's going to jail, obviously. But instead, these like two weird ladies come and like kind of get her away from the police and take her to this place that they're telling her is a tuberculosis hospital. But it is actually a magical witch school. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. It's really fun. <laughs> so she's like, ooh, I have magic. I'm learning how to do magic at this magic witch school. I wonder if I can use magic to solve my brother's murder. <laughs> That's pretty much what this, theory, or what this book is about. It was really fun. <laughs> I it sounds it. really good. I liked it a lot. As I said, it's the first in a series. And I didn't realize it was a series when I picked it up because I use Goodreads a lot. And Goodreads will be like, book one in the series, and you can click that link and I'll like pull up everything in the series. But since this one just came out in like August, there's no book two, so there's no series page for this. Right. So I was kind of surprised that it ended the way it did. <laughs> I was like, wait a second. So yeah, I'm definitely going to have to reread this before book two comes out. But I did just read it in December, so it's still kind of fresh in my mind. Yeah. So hopefully yeah. the second one will come out real soon. Fingers crossed. I was actually really surprised by the ending. This is a YA. And a lot of times YA can be like a little predictable. It's not a bad thing. It's just part of the genre. It's part of the age group. Yeah. The, it blindsided me at the end. I was so confused. <laughs> I was like, wait a second. So I need to also reread it because I think I missed some foreshadowing. <laughs> right. You have to reread it and figure out what exactly is going on. Yeah, it's probably my fault. I skimmed parts of it because, as I said, I liked the book. This is not against, like, the plot or anything. And I liked all of the girls at the school, and I liked, like, their friendships. I thought it was really nice. But I didn't like Francis that much. And it's in first person, so we're in Francis's head a bit. Oh. So when Francis is just, like, thinking through her thoughts, sometimes I was like, this is boring. Like, let's go back to the action-y stuff. Yes. So I'm sure I missed some foreshadowing in the stuff I skimmed. But yeah, that's my reread. If you like historical and you like like witches and you like magic and you like, there's this like weird underground like magic fighting ring that was really weird and cool. <laughs> I don't know. If you like stuff like that, you'd probably like this book. And I will be rereading it. Guess we will move on to rewrites. What did you bring to rewrite for us today? Well, I guess if I was to rewrite anything, it would be The Clone and I. Clone and I. By Danielle Steele. Okay. It's an older book. And I've been thinking about it a lot since I've thought about rewriting a book. And I guess the only reason is it was too futuristic and too robotic. Uh -huh. But then I got to be thinking about it. It's kind of like today in today's time instead of 15 years ago when she possibly wrote that book you know oh, okay yeah. so it was too futuristic at that time but now it's kind of maybe would fit in so maybe i need to mark that to a reread too and see if i <laughs> i would like that now you, was it like the the cloning that was a little too yes, futuristic? yes so it just wasn't one of my favorite books that i've She's prolific. She comes out with, what, like six a year? Yes, and I read them all. Nice. <laughs> it doesn't I, matter. I read them all. <laughs> I know several people who do. Again, she's one of the more popular ones for outreach. Yes. So what was the story like about? 
It's about a woman who moves to a new town and she meets this man who works in this office and he's working on this. So then they kind of start working together and, you know. It seems like it relied a lot on the science then. Yes, yes. That can be a hard sell, especially with science that doesn't yet exist. Right. So maybe it was just too futuristic for back then, but now Mm -hmm. with science the way it is now, maybe it would be more... Would you change it to, like, change the time period? Or would you change it just to be published now? Republished now, maybe. Republished? Yeah. So maybe now, at this time, if you would republish that book, then maybe it would work. Yeah. More for me, anyhow. That's fair. Did you like, like, the characters and stuff in it? Yes, I did. They were interesting. and Yeah, she does a good character, I think. She does. I like books when I start reading them from page one, I'm sucked in. Mm -hmm. If I get sucked in from page one, it's... Yeah, you'll stick with it. Yes. And I stick with most books because of the authors and I know, you know... Like, is there anything a book will do that will make you stop reading it? Like, do you ever abandon books halfway through? Mm, I usually don't abandon books. I'm not a historical person so I just won't pick up a book that I know that it doesn't interest me so that makes sense and if you're reading similar authors then you you kind of have a feel for how they write right you're you're less likely to be surprised yes yeah that makes sense I'm all for stopping a book (laughs) (laughs) I do not have time to waste on a book that I am only half liking I'm also for more than finding an author that you haven't read before Mm -hmm. and trying to read them. Yeah. Um, I've done that this past year, and I really liked her book. So So you found a a new author recently. Yeah, so just to find a new one and a different one that you may have not tried before. Yeah. Somehow, an author that I follow has a new book coming out, like, next month. And she just like never posted about it on Twitter. And I don't know how everybody else found out about it because there's a bunch of reviews for it already because of ARCs, obviously. Everybody knows about it except for me. (laughs) I don't know how that happened. That's just not right. Right. We're we're talking about Victoria Schwab's new one. Um, Like I've seen her in person like before the COVID times. Like I went to an author talk she did and it was not easy to get to because she lives in Scotland. Uh Uh-oh. The talk was in Columbus, so, like, she was touring, but (laughs) I didn't get to go to Scotland, unfortunately. (laughs) She's not always in the States, is my point, and she's hard to to find, and I I was able to see her. I didn't know about her new release. I'm, like, fake fan. (laughs) Disapproval. (laughs) Well, at least you know now. I know now. And it's coming out, and you'll get to read it. I will. I'm I'm actually one behind on hers. Uh, She had... Addie LaRue came out a couple years ago and I bought it. And for some reason, when I like buy the book, I'm less likely to read it. (laughs) (laughs) Probably because the library books have to go back by a certain time. Right. And so there's always like, oh, I need to get that read by next week. But the one I own, I own until I get rid of it. There's no timeline on it. I don't buy books. I just, I've always just since I've been a little girl, I've went to the library and, you know, I would go and borrow and read and take them back. Yeah, we used to do that when I was little. And I still do it now, obviously. I work here. Yeah. But like every once in a while, if it's an author I really like or um, like a special edition. So I guess we should talk about my rewrite. So the book I am rewriting is Victories Greater Than Death. It's by Charlie Jane Anders. And this is a book that we read for um, LGBT book club and uh, didn't like it very much. 
It's about a girl named Tina. And Tina is special. She's not like other humans. She has this like alien destiny. I want to call it a magical destiny, but it's not magic. It's sci-fi. It's not fantasy. So it's like alien outer space destiny. There's like this tracking beacon that lives in her chest. I know it sounds really uncomfortable. One day that beacon's going to go off and her her alien people are going to find her and her magical alien destiny will begin. And that is what happens, basically. But it turns out that, and her mother has been warning her about this, so I don't understand why she didn't get it. It turns out that when the beacon goes off, there are also aliens that want to kill her not just aliens that want to like have her back so um (laughs) it turns out that having a special destiny is really hard and it's not very fun and she now has to save the galaxy or something so (laughs) clearly from that description you can tell i didn't really like it (laughs) i think my main problem with this and with a lot of ya sci-fi is that the fact that it's set in space almost seems inconsequential. It's like you have this entire universe to play in and you can make up any alien you want to. You can make up like any culture you want to. And then they just like focus on the human relationships. Like, Why did you bring aliens into this? This could have just been set in high school. And this one kind of does that a little bit. Charlie Jade Anders tried to do alien species, but I have read books with better alien species. So I found these lackluster and boring. (laughs) And there's, like, a group of humans on this ship, and it's, like, the entire plot and all the conversations and everything was only, like, with the group of humans, and no one was actually interested in talking to the aliens. Like, what's the point of the aliens, then? If we're not going to talk to them or put them in. Exactly. I also found Tina to be kind of annoying, and I wanted her magical destiny to fail. <laughs> like, you're supposed to be rooting for her because she's the main character, and I'm just Fire. like, glad. I'm glad you didn't get this captain's memories. I'm glad this is going badly for you. <laughs> Which is not what you want. Not for your main character, no. no. <laughs> so Tina ends up being a clone. We both have clone books. Yes. We both have clone books for a rewrite. I yes. That just, just clicked for me. That's really fun. So there is this great space captain who Tina is a clone of. And this captain had a lot of enemies and ended up getting murdered. <laughs> so they, they took Tina, who's this clone of her, and they're like, you can go and live on Earth for a little bit. And then when you are old enough... Like, we'll come back and get you, and we'll implant this captain's memories into you, and then you can just be the captain again because you're her clone. Except that that didn't work. Tina has all of this really weird passive information. She knows, like, about the ship they're on. She knows about all of the aliens and, like, their cultures. She knows about, like, the history of the galaxy. But she doesn't know any of, like, the actual stuff that makes her this captain. It's kind of weird what she knows and what she doesn't know. Like, I didn't quite understand the line that was drawn there. And it made her space Wikipedia. They called her space Wikipedia (laughs) because she could just, like, answer all of these things. But because it was space Wikipedia, it was info dumpy. I don't want to read a Wikipedia article. I want to read a story. Yes. Like, I'm not on Wikipedia. So that was annoying. So, yeah, I didn't finish this book. (laughs) I, I, I read it for a book club. Except I only read the first half and then complained about it during book club. Um, (laughs) We're a very fun book club listener. If you're ever wanting to come to our book club, it is the third Saturday of every month. Is it here? 
It is here. Yeah. Good. You can come to John Mack and talk to me and Heather and Rachel and all of us, and it'll be super fun. We normally pick better books than this. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so I didn't end up finishing it, but I did read the summary. The second book comes out this year, and I read the summary of the second book, and I'm kind of interested in the second book. So hopefully the second one yeah. will be... And maybe you have to reread. Oh, no, I'm never one. picking this up again. <laughs> oh, no. You're going to be lost when it starts. I won't. It'll be fine. <laughs> it's just really weird. Because where I stopped, like, her beacon had gone off. And then, like, all of these aliens came to kill her. But she was able to, like, hold off the killy murder aliens long enough that the good savior aliens were able to come and scoop her up. And then she ends up calling, like four or five other like human kids onto the ship because they're like we're understaffed we have no smart people tina was like well earth has smart people so (laughs) maybe (laughs) maybe not (laughs) so apparently they just had this like passive app floating around so they were able to like analyze the problem solving abilities of these people who had downloaded this app so they called up like five people from the app who they knew were smart and creative thinkers and wouldn't like go crazy at the thought of being on an alien ship. So they're like going through the galaxy trying to stop these bad aliens or something. And that's where I stopped. (laughs) So they do apparently something. But the second book starts, according to the Goodreads that I read, with Tina going to military tactics school because she is bad at her magical destiny. And the captain she's cloned from was this, like, tactical genius. And, like, she ran an army. And Tina can't do that. So they sent her to tactical school. Um, (laughs) To learn to be a captain. Yeah. And her best friend who ended up coming up with her is an artist. And she's like, I'm going to be the first human artist in space. I'm going to do, like, all of these awesome drawings of all these aliens and stuff. Somewhere in the end of this book that I didn't finish, she apparently, like, lost her ability to do art. It was like a magical artifact that took it away from her (laughs) or something. So like she can't art. And then one of the other girls that came up to the ship is like in a cave trying to become a princess. (laughs) In a cave. So (laughs) I'm like, okay. I don't understand how they went from where I stopped halfway through the first book to this in the second book. I don't really care how they got there. That sounds really cool. <laughs> yeah. I want to be a, a cave princess. <laughs> I'm a princess in my own house. That's all. It, it's close enough to a cave. Right? Yeah. <laughs> anyway. So, yeah, I don't know if I would rewrite this one. I just, I wish there were better YA sci-fis. YA deserves better sci-fi. That's my complaint. So, yeah, that was my rewrite. Good. All right, one more section left, and we are good to go. Sherry, what are we recommending today? I would just recommend authors and series. Of course, Kristen Hanna, who wrote Magic Hour. Mary Kay Ann Andrews, if you want something light and funny, they're really good. She has a book out called Hissy Fit. And in it, in the very first of it, she drives her boyfriend's um, Ferrari into the swimming pool. Oh, no. So that's pretty cool. (laughs) Pretty cool. Does she ruin both the Ferrari and the swimming pool, or are they okay? (laughs) Oh, the Ferrari's gone. Oh, no. (laughs) But um, 
Brenda Novak. I really like her and her Silver Springs series. And she also has good standalone books. And mm-hmm. she has a new book coming out in April. So oh, nice. I'm excited about that. Yeah. So. Do you know what it's about at all? It's Summer on the Island. So. On the Island. It's coming out in April, so I'm excited about that. That's a good one to get ready for summer. I like it when they release books like that. The Halloween books around Halloween and the Christmas books at Christmas. Yes, I like them. I read all the usuals, Emily March, Suzanne Elizabeth Phillips, Susan Mallory. I mean, Mm -hmm. just, and of course, Danielle Steele, she has a new book, Invisible. And so I have it checked out to read, so. Yes, I will have to put that on hold for my patron who I know reads Daniel Steele. <laughs> I love to read. It takes you away. It does. It's so nice. Especially now where like you're not supposed to be traveling. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So to recommend I, a specific book, I recommend all the books that I read. And when I yeah. w- would work out at Cirque, I would say, you got to read this and you got to read this because mm-hmm. to me, they were just really good. And that's honestly the best way to get recommendations is like someone that you know, that you know, they read stuff you like, just read what they're reading. Yes. Yeah. Or walk into the library. Anybody at circulation or reference or that you find putting books back we have books to recommend to you. <laughs> and once you find somebody that will recommend something that you like, it's easy to go back to that person and say, okay, I like sure. that one. Do you have something else? And Yeah. So. Did you do a lot of book recommending when you worked out in circulation? Yes. I was always putting books on hold for people. And <laughs> when they would come out, I'm like, yeah, they would like to read this. And they would, you know, mm-hmm. so. I think that's so special. Like, you get to know the people who come in. Right. And you get to know what they would like and like form those relationships. Yes, it's, it's good. Really nice. I I also do similar things, except that I'm not in the library. <laughs> yeah, you take them out to outreach. Exactly. And so that, that helps because you, you do get to know what they like to read. Mm-hmm. And... You almost have to in outreach. They don't always give you a list of titles they want. They just give you an idea about what they like. Right. So that can be a little difficult. I get excited when I see that there are new books coming out. And mm-hmm. I always say I don't have time to, to work when I got so much bo- so many books to I read. Know. It's like... We work at the library. Where's our like built-in time to read? <laughs> I know. <laughs> that's true. I think that's one of the biggest misconceptions is that working at a library means you're reading all day. If no. only. <laughs> if only, If yes. only. I have stacks of books to read. <laughs> Oh, I love that. All right. So for my recommend, I am going to recommend a memoir that I recently listened to, and that is Crying in H Mart by Michelle Zahner. I was not expecting to love this memoir as much as I did. Um, I feel like it's been kind of hyped up just on YouTube and TikTok, because obviously the content I consume on both YouTube and on TikTok is mostly book related <laughs> for obvious reasons. Right. It's basically a memoir about Michelle growing up Korean-American and her relationship with her mother. Her mother is Korean and her not feeling like she fits into like Korean culture, but also not feeling like she really fits into American culture. And like growing up as like a first generation Korean-American, her mother ends up getting stomach cancer. And it's about like her struggling to care for her mother and like struggling through her mother's death a couple years ago. And it also has this like underlying theme of music and how 
her career choice was always kind of like not necessarily supported by her mother, but now she's a pretty successful indie artist. Uh, Michelle Zahner, her band, um, the thing she sings for and does most of the songwriting for is called Japanese Breakfast, in case anybody is familiar with that. And it was just a really good memoir. I liked it a lot. Michelle reads the audiobook, which I like in a nonfiction. I like it when the author reads their own work. I feel as though that adds a personal layer to it. It's also a lot about Korean food that was absolutely delightful. <laughs> <laughs> I love hearing about all of that. And I wish that we had an H Mart in Ohio, but we don't. I've never been to an H Mart, but I have been to a 99 Ranch and I miss it. <laughs> There's no 99 Ranch in Ohio either. I think that's the thing I miss most about California is all of the easily accessible, readily available, delicious Asian food. Yeah. You don't necessarily have that in Sainsville. No, we don't have an array of different restaurants and mm -hmm. foods. But yeah, it's just a really great memoir. I, uh, Michelle is a songwriter, so I thought it would be like a little more flowery than it was. I would say she has like a very straightforward way of writing, which I liked a lot because she's speaking about all of these complicated emotions and relationships and feelings that she has. But like, it's just in like a very straightforward, accessible way. And I, I find like, I don't know, like kind of like, I don't want to say clash, but you know, you, you know what I mean? Kind of like how those two fit together to be not expected, but also is a really great effect. Sounds like a good book. It was really good. I kind of want to read it again, but with like a physical copy, because again, with the H Mart and with all the Korean food, hearing her pronounce the Korean words was great. But like if I went into a place and tried to order any of them, I wouldn't know what I was looking for. <laughs> so I right. kind of like to like read it again so I can like recognize the Korean words a little bit. So yeah, that was my recommend. If you're looking for a memoir, if you're looking to feel some big emotions, then I definitely recommend crying in H Mart. It was really, really good. All right. We did it. Yay. We did the podcast. We did a podcast. Yay. Yeah. Okay. How, do you, how are you feeling? How's I'm, it going? I, I'm good. I'm glad it's over now. I'm curious <laughs> to see. You know, I, not as far as, you know, I like spending time with you and talking, but it's like now I want to see how you put it together and see how stupid I sound. <laughs> you don't sound stupid. It sounds great. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for agreeing to come on. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. I know thank it's not necessarily the most comfortable thing for everybody. Thank you for asking me and getting me out of my comfort zone. Yeah. Thanks for finding time in your schedule to do it. You're welcome. Thank you. And thank you, listener. Thanks for listening to the end. We couldn't do the podcast if no one was listening to it because it would be a lot of waste of staff hours. <laughs> <laughs> but I will be back next month with more books to talk about. Next month, believe it or not, is our one-year anniversary. We have officially, as of February, been doing this podcast for an entire year. It's very exciting. It doesn't feel like it, but we've, we have. This is episode 12, and next month will be our one-year, it'll be a one-year extravaganza. I don't, I don't know what will make it an extravaganza, but we'll, I'll think of something. <laughs> Tune <laughs> <Balloons>. in. <laughs> but if you have any questions or if you would like to submit your own reset of books, please email me at podcast at muskinghamlibrary.org, and we may read them on the pod. You can find out more info about MCLS at muskinghamlibrary.org. If you're enjoying the podcast, please leave us a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. This really helps new listeners find the show. 
And if you like us, you should tell your friends about us. Because as we discussed a little bit earlier, that's the best way to find things you'll like. It's just to talk to other people about things you like. So yeah, thanks so much for listening and I will talk to you next time.